0: Hello, Nikki Dewey, do we ddim and dod or sanvar posquing go gerech when Gogogoch, santasilio o Aberystwyth or avares Montgomery. ungumri chi'n grando ar the fluent show.
1: Welcome to the Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving living and learning languages. Hello everyone, my name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and on this podcast here, as you know, we talk about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Now, as you know, Often, I take a little bit of time to answer your listener questions. And today, we've got a listener question special because the listener is live on the line. Shemai, hello, listener.
0: Shemai, Shemai, Siddhoyti, hello, how are you?
1: (laughs) I'm good. Good, good. That, That voice you're hearing there, that's Nikki Roberts, near Miss Welsh Learner of the Year 2018, who met up with me last year. At the Welsh National Festival, as you know, that's one of my languages, and Nikki very generously met up with me, and we had a big long conversation in Welsh, which you can find as well in the show notes and in the links if you're interested. There's a video of that, and during our conversation, Nikki asked me a very interesting question. So that's the question we're going to talk about today. But first of all, let's get to know you, Nikki, a little bit better. So Shmaitin. Timmbeo and a Gomraig and normally, right, normally you live in Welsh
0: andy between Be a Muir Holo and aith camara, which for those who don't speak Welsh, roughly translates as yes, I live my life pretty much entirely through Welsh nowadays, yeah, mm-hmm. big and
1: change,
0: big change
1: it's not your native language or your even i mean is Welsh. Is is rarely like the first language for people. It's f- one of the first, too often. But for you, it wasn't. It wasn't even on the map, even though you're Welsh, right?
0: That's correct. Yes, yeah, sadly. Um, so I come from South Wales, uh, a, a small place called the Rhondda Valley, and predominantly where I come from, English is the native native language of most people. Um, it's very rare in the place where where it's very rare where i come from um to be a first language welsh speaker so welsh is usually something um we are taught at school Mm -hmm. unfortunately at the time i was growing up welsh was sort of taught in a similar way to how um, children in britain would learn say french or german kind of as a second lang not well not even as a second language we sort of learned welsh in the way that, say, someone who was visiting Paris would learn tourist French, if you will. Oh, Um, Christ. We we sort of learned just about enough to get by if we happened to visit one of these Welsh-speaking towns at some point in our lives. So, safe to say, the way the education system set me up with Welsh, I was never going to become a Welsh speaker unless I did something about it later on in my life, which Mm. I ended up doing. (laughs)
1: And now, though, you're fluent, you have moved to Aberystwyth, a Welsh-speaking, fairly Welsh-speaking town, so that you can live your life more and more through the medium of Welsh. What was the number one thing that you did that really helped you there?
0: Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. Um, So, obviously, I made the decision, my wife and I made the decision to start learning Welsh after we visited uh, Paris in the summer of 2016 um like many people across europe we went to the euros the football tournament that was happening uh, during that summer and it was i think it was the first time in my life i'd ever bumped into a mass of welsh speakers and it was the first time where i ever felt a deficiency of sorts being a welsh person who couldn't speak the language of our country um so i came home from that tournament completely embarrassed knowing that something had to change Um, My wife felt very much the same way as well. We came back and we said, look, this has got to change. We've got to learn the language. And as people who don't really have a lot of ties, you know, we, we don't have children. We've got one guinea pig, so we can move at any point. So after a month of learning the Welsh language, we kind of said, well, this is going pretty good. We're doing pretty well. Do you think it would go better if we moved somewhere where we could speak Welsh, where the majority language is Welsh? And literally four weeks later, we'd move to Aberystwyth, <laughs> just just like that. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we we did make quite a commitment, I do have to say. We do uh, get the comment that we are crazy a lot of the time. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it I don't recommend everyone moves, moves uh, three hours up the road just to learn a language, but it helped.
1: Absolutely, it helped. Well, and, and the, the result really was, it's, it's obvious, and you're, you're sort of a burning advocate for this language and for helping other people learn this language, which is, you know, it's, it's part of the, the conversation that we had last year. You were chatting to me and we, you, you make materials for Welsh learners in a way, sort of natural conversations that you just record as a podcast and people can listen to in the Welsh that you speak, which I find actually very learner friendly. So mm-hmm,
0: Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: the Oldenbauer, I'm, I'm Dana. Thank you very much Dim for that. No problem.
0: No problem. <laughs> so no, yeah, it's it's something I've been really, really passionate about. What I've tried to do is kind of in a way, I don't know if I'm actually just trying to make up for the years that I wasn't speaking the language, if anything. Um because a lot of people they they learn Welsh excellent, excellent, brilliantly. And they don't really do much with it after that. So I was very, very keen on not being not that there's anything wrong with doing that, but I I knew for a fact, you know, when I started learning Welsh, I knew this was going to take over my life. I just knew it was, and I was worried in a way. I was worried that when I became fluent and when I, you know, gained the ability to speak Welsh, I was I was worried that it wouldn't be as much a part of my life as it is now. So yeah, I've it's hard to kind of remember exactly what I do with it. The moment I run multiple websites for Welsh learners. Um, I run a YouTube channel for Welsh learners, I run a podcast that I, although it's not really, as you you kind of said, the podcast isn't really aimed at learners per se, but it is suitable for learners. It's coming from, you know, we record with um, native Welsh speakers, we record with learners, we record with everything, but we're mindful that a big chunk of our audience are going to be at uh, least intermediate level learners who are using the podcast as a means of getting some kind of listening practice. So we're mindful, you know, we're not out there kind of using too many big words and things like that. But no, 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 I'm I'm a very, very big, passionate supporter of the Welsh language. Um, and I'm just very much mindful that any influence we can have to help the language in any way, I'm all for doing so.
1: Mm, and I've noticed one thing as I was looking into the episode sponsor so we'll come and mention that but there's a reason I'm I'm bringing you into mentioning that which is that our episode sponsor is italki so listeners just let me tell you first of all what italki is if you've never tried it before it's a very effective very fast way to become fluent in a way because italki is the platform where you can find your one-to-one online language tutor there are not millions, but probably a thousand. Um, I I like to exaggerate numbers. So (laughs) millions, let's say this way, millions of one-on-one lessons are available and they tend to be a lot better than a traditional classroom because first of all, they're much more convenient. You don't have to travel there. You don't get most of the scheduling problems. They tend to be at about 30% of the cost of attending an evening class and that kind of thing. So definitely more affordable than software like the the information that iTalki sent me so take it with a grain of salt perhaps but it sounds about right says that Rosetta Stone by comparison costs 200 US dollars for a beginner CD a CD so in iTalki you get the interaction you get something that is authentic that's real that's culturally relevant and just in case you are ever interested in learning Welsh something that you can do through iTalki is book your own private tutoring conversation with Nikki Roberts right
0: (laughs) you can yes I have been teaching on italki for a number of months now Um, I'm a big big fan of italki as well I use it both as a tutor I teach Welsh on there as I mentioned but also um, I've used it a lot in the past uh, as just a means of getting conversation practice in French Mm -hmm. Um, as I've kind of alluded to previously with yourself I'm a fluent French speaker as well but unfortunately I just either I cannot find or I just don't get the opportunity kind of to speak it much to be honest with you so um, every at least once or twice a month I do like to go on uh, italki and book a session with um, my French tutor so to speak and it's not so much a tutoring session that offers me the chance just to speak the language for an hour an hour once or twice a month or so that's it's right. really 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 useful um again it's it's an absolutely superb system i get all manner of uh students on italki i get some people who turn up and they're literally just like so welsh what is it can you yeah. teach me i get people of that kind of level i get people who have tried night classes or tried other methods and they've sort of fallen by the wayside a bit And conversely, I also get people who are literally one step away from being fluent and all they need is just a bit of real-life conversation practice just to put them over the next level, so to speak. So, yeah, I absolutely... I adore iTalkie, think it's brilliant mm,
1: mm-hmm. and it's for you listeners really something something very relevant there as well is that you can get this tutoring at every level, and there are different levels of tutors as well so italkie 's got the community tutors, which are often just generous people who might not have studied pedagogy or studied language teaching for dozens of years, but they are available to help you. Get your language learning practice, get your speaking practice going. And for me as well, in, in my Welsh and sometimes even in Spanish, it's just really helpful to book these little top ups. It's kind of like having a little drink. So just to oil the oil the oiled machine, keep your language learning going. But equally, there are professional tutors available on italki who can even offer you a whole curriculum and take you through from beginner to a very, very high level of your target language, and we're talking about Welsh here, a really a small minority language, so don't even hesitate if you're a German learner, French learner, Russian learner, Spanish, Italian, you know, if you're learning one of the big languages, Japanese, Chinese, or let's not list them all, don't hesitate to have a look at italki. The URL for you, where you can also, if you're new to italki, get a $10 voucher, is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. You can meet Nikki. You can maybe teach me a language. I'm on there looking for language practice. And there's just just so, so much more available on italki. There there are diary features. You can get your written language corrected. Oh, this, you know, we don't have enough time for that. Go and have a look. It's fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. And you get a $10 voucher as well. Brilliant. Nikki. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm the question i I'm the question There you go. I mutated that. Course, let's of course, let's talk oh, about I'm
0: like of a, a triglad medal, my favorite my of the mutations. It is the
1: best mutation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> so this question was it really was brought up in conversation. That's why I thought we'll we'll best answer it in conversation as well. And it is an interesting one. I find it very relevant to all of our listeners. So listeners, for you, I'm going to start off by reading out what I typed up of the question that Nikki asked me. And then Nikki, perhaps you can tell me about your context for this and your context of for course. bringing it up. Because I have a, I think I have a slightly different perspective or a different experience and heard from people. Um, and I think it's just an interesting. An interesting discussion. So basically, this is the safety blanket discussion. The question Nikki asked was: when do you stop? Is there a level? Is there a point where you stop being a learner? Or a learner? I don't know. I can't do a Welsh accent. When you stop being (laughs) a learner and consider yourself a speaker of a language, and consequently, is it a problem? To hold on to your identity of a learner for too long when you make it when you make it a a place to hide from speaking your target language. Those were the questions. And Nikki, I'm really curious what what prompted you to bring those questions?
0: Yeah, so this may be a situation that's perhaps more predominant with Welsh learning specifically, because a lot of Welsh learners are already fluent in English. It's because of the perhaps, uh, the nature of Wales as a country. We're all fluent in English, or at least most of us are fluent in English. So everyone who learns Welsh is already fluent in English. And I think, and we've talked about this many times before, there's a bit of confusion between what is fluency and what is mastery, or mastering a language, so to speak. And I think a lot of Welsh learners in particular. This may not be as, rel- as relative with other languages, it may be with other languages, it depends I guess. But with Welsh in particular, I think a lot of learners make the mistake of doing some kind of comparison of thinking, oh well I'm fluent in English, so I can't be fluent in Welsh until I have the exact same skill level. But it's it's somewhat of, a, of an unrealistic expectation so to speak, because I mean... If you take the example, one of my students at the moment is a 70-year-old woman who's always lived in Wales. Now, she's only been learning Welsh for, I think, about one or two years or so. So it's kind of unrealistic, really, to expect, you know, in one year to have the same level that you do in this language you've been speaking for 70 years or so. But is it something that other people don't see so much? Because, for example, you know... I know lots of people who pick up languages like French, Spanish, German, etc. And because they don't have that day to day contact with another similar kind of language, they're far more willing to accept that they they're not a learner anymore. I don't I don't know, it's a very it's a it's a difficult subject, but I've personally seen a lot of people who are perhaps underselling their skills by constantly hanging on to this learner tag. Um, -hmm. and, and, and it, and it invokes a different reaction from people. You know, I've seen people who, my wife, for example, just for context works in a Welsh language bookshop. So, um, she has regular day to day contact with lots of learners who come in and ask for learning materials. And I think she kind of, she herself has seen a different reaction, you know, when, when she speaks to people and they say to her, oh, I'm a learner. Can you show me where your learning materials are, and I think even under the con under a kind of consciously she reacts to them differently than she would with a someone who didn't describe themselves as a learner. She may speak slower, she may use simpler words and everything, and there's the whole question of how does that actually help um by calling yourself a learner? are you getting a different reaction from someone? Are they speaking in a more simplistic way? Are you underselling the skills it's a, it's a It's a really, really difficult subject, so to speak mm. so that's why i I put the question to who someone whom I consider an expert in the, in languages such as yourself so i do i so i wouldn't have to work it out myself
1: ah <laughs> oh, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> not not, no, not not an expert as such, just uh, obsessed. No. Now let me. Okay, there's there's a lot there's a lot to untangle in this in this question. I think there's there's two aspects that I particularly want to focus on. That I first of all I do want to say I think this is not Welsh only. I think this is very relevant mm-hmm. to learners of any language because what you're getting at really is you mentioned it already expectations. What do you expect of yourself? and they exist for every language and Welsh is a it, Welsh is a slightly different environment well i'll come to that in a second the other thought i had about the learner tag in particular about Welsh, uh, but the but expectations and i think there is a self-confidence thing in there and that is where i i first of all my my answer in terms of Speaking and being hesitant to speak is that 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 is really universal. I've I've heard about this so many times and so many speakers of another language feel that way when you are learning a language and you can't express yourself as well as in your native language, because, you you know, it's not just Welsh learners who speak English well. Actually, all of us, when we're learning a foreign language, don't speak it as well as our native language, unless we are really in a bilingual fostering environment. So for the language to come out in a way that starts to feel natural, starts to feel right, takes ages, takes ages, takes tons of practice. And the question is then sort of, what do we do in between? You know, like, what do we do mm-hmm. with all of this in between time? And I think you've made you've made a really good point that the expectations that you set of yourself to sound coherent, smart, capable in your target language, you have to accept the discomfort the really unpleasant feeling of just not making as much sense and not being as smart as you're used to and I think language learners often like you know who do it for the intellectual challenge they like to feel smart you know mm-hmm. they, they're they used to that we, you're here because you like to you know kick your brain in gear you want to learn something new and in in that in that context it's even harder to feel like you just can't get there I, I remember one of my one of my longest standing german students that i worked with for years is um hey randy if you're listening uh, is, is, a, is a lawyer an experienced lawyer you know sort of doing very well in his career and that is a, a career that requires some brains you know what i mean like and he said at, at some point he said to me i i I've always excelled at, at school subjects. I've always done really well in qualifications. Languages are this this nut that I can't seem to instantly crack. And for him, it was a challenge, and it it boosted his will to to persist, which I loved, and I hope more language learners will feel that way. But for many language learners, that is that feels like a mountain you can't climb. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think the learner, and in that context, considering yourself a learner. Is a way of accessing this growth mindset rather than the fixed mindset. Have you heard about those two growth and fixed mindset?
0: Oh, I can't say I have. Ah. I'm, sure, I'm sure I I've bumped into them, but no, no, no. It's not something that uh, it's not something that's familiar with me.
1: I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes as well. There's a, a lady called Carol Dweck who, you know, she wrote a book about a growth mindset. And the idea is really that with a fixed mindset, you think basically you've got a fixed amount of talent and intelligence, and mm-hmm. it's kind of the, you know, it's what it's it's what people express inadvertently when they say, "I don't have the brain for languages," or "Oh, I wish yeah, I could no. speak languages like you." We've all heard it. Really
0: you nice. Know, oh no, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, that noise.
0: Enrages <laughs> me. Enrages me.
1: <laughs> I, and I completely see why, right? Because because the difference is that those people are, or that that way of looking at things is that you what's considered in education, it's considered a fixed mindset. So, well, here's how good I am. Here's here's what my capabilities are, and I'm I can't change that. I'm born with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas a growth mindset looks at learning in a different way and says, well, I'm just not there yet. And and just adding that word yet to most of your limitations is 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 very empowering in that way. So a growth mindset is a really great thing to bring with you to anything you're trying to learn, including a language. And in that way, using the learner tag might open you up to that because it gives you it reminds you you are still learning. You're not there yet. You're not meant to be finished. A growth mindset is when you say I'm not there yet, but I know I can get there. All it takes mm. is is more practice. It's not this, these things are not closed off to me in the way that in the way that you might consider otherwise you know if you think you've got no talent for learning languages it's very easy to jump from there to why even bother whereas if you think if I just practice enough you know it's just it's just a case of practice exposure repetition and you know staying excited about it and then I can achieve wonderful things great things like moving to Aberystwyth living my whole life in Welsh (laughs) that's that's a sign of a, I would say, a growth mindset, so, you know, it's, which, which means indeed. you're open to indeed. growth. So in that way, I think the learner label can be a really handy thing, not just a safety blanket, you know, to protect yourself from not understanding or something, but also this sort of personal reminder that you carry with you to say, yeah, I am a learner and that is a good thing. Does that make sense so far?
0: It does. It does indeed. It does Indeed.
1: And then the other thing, since I feel I feel like I'm lecturing, but <laughs> no, no, no. the other part of this is like you said, you're, there's there's the other part which I think you make such a good point about underselling your skills.
0: Mm-hmm, so
1: course. that is that question of you've got the speaking skills, but are you scared to use them? And it and this is where maybe I think in Welsh in particular. I've noticed this more than in, in any other language. I think it's because you are in like a small country where the government motivates and pushes everybody and has create has helped create an environment where the number of learners of the same language is actually really high. Mm-hmm. Like the proportion of Welsh learners in Wales is higher than probably the proportion of French learners in Germany, I would guess.
0: Yeah, there there is a massive amount of people learning Welsh in Wales at the moment.
1: Yeah, and then compared to like a very small population in as a whole, you it's quite likely to ru- you run into somebody who is a Welsh learner. And people learning it for their work and people are learning it for their kids and and you know and and they everybody can go to these courses that cost like 20 quid for the whole weekend. So it's a real environment where Saying you're a learner in well in Wales is actually more common than I think in most other places. So if you go to France, you go to Paris, yeah, you can say I'm a French learner, but that's not that's not that doesn't I don't know, to me, there's a special positivity in Wales which pushes Welsh learning so much and wants people to learn Welsh. There's a special like yeah, definitely. positive feeling associated with it. You know, so if you say that's I'm a learner. Or Dwayne or whatever you know, whatever you say, uh, there's there's something really nice about that because you can expect positivity. Or
0: well, that's how I feel definitely, when when definitely, I practice. I'm like, true.
1: yeah, they're going to be into this.
0: Definitely true. Yeah, that is, that is definitely true. Mm, and uh, you you will find it hard to be in any social situation in Wales where you won't bump into a learner in some shape or form. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And as a learner, you are—I've—I've I've felt like you are extremely welcomed.
0: Yes, definitely more so, more so than other languages and other places. I've found um, there's generally a sense of—I think I'm not going to say every single Welsh speaker feels this way or does this because that's that's blatantly not going to be true. But there's definitely a feeling of. For example, now, I, I may be a bad example because I've obviously stated my cause as to how I feel about helping people learn the language and everything. Mm. But with my social circle, with my friends and here in Aberystwyth, I've seen lots of scenarios where we've bumped into people and they've heard us speak in Welsh in a pub or something, and they've come over and said, oh, you know, I'm, I've i just started learning myself. And there seems to be so much personal responsibility um, ingrained in Welsh speakers, so it's very rare to see a Welsh speaker who would just give an answer like, "Oh, that's good. Good luck," you know. <laughs> all of my friends, everyone I know, they almost take it sort of as a personal uh, task. So it's kind of, "Oh, you're learning Welsh? That's brilliant! How long have you been learning? Here's my email address. If you ever need anything, give me a call. Come, we'll go for a pint. We'll, we'll, we'll go and have a coffee. We'll do something. There's that kind of. I think the majority of Welsh speakers do feel a kind of personal responsibility to get every single person. On the bus, so to speak.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a real, you know, that's that's you in Wales. You are in a learner friendly environment in this like special way. So you've you've summed it up really well, well Welsh there, <laughs> really well. You've summed it up really well there in in just saying that like there's there's these people who, people who, you know, everybody wants to help you. And I've experienced in in Cardiff, an English speaking city, really. But you you just need to look around a little bit and the Welsh speakers who are willing to help, they're all going to wear like a little Welsh sticker, which, you know, so it's like a minority language in its own country, I think has, has given this and which is endorsed and um, they're trying to revive it. I think that has given Welsh learner status, a special kind of, you know, it's, it's made it a little bit nicer. And I think a lot of other countries could, you know, really learn from that. But in germany for example it's just not assumed that everybody you meet might not speak german whereas in wales mm-hmm. it's it's assumed that they don't speak welsh unless they say say otherwise so the learner status i think in that way coming at it from the welsh perspective mm-hmm. i think it's actually a really good thing i think it's yeah you know like like use it use it because it's going to it's going to make people want to help you and it's an expression of of interest in a in a way That's that nice. you if you're going up to a German person, they're just not gonna be their default is not gonna be to to help you teach, to help you learn German and to teach you German because there's just of we don't have the same sense of mission that minority language speakers do in that way. <laughs> but that that leaves us with one question. So so having having defined the learner status like that, <laughs> one thing that it reminds me of really, really strongly is a, a a discussion that that is often had among language learners which is this idea of whether you should really push to speak so i think that's where we're coming down on this and mm. and see if we can get to any kind of answer between us this push to speak early push to to practice push to to yeah, to to practice really. You know, like practice by speaking. Speak, 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 speak. It's it's great. And we know it's great practice. It's the whole premise of Italki. It it's exactly it's true. <laughs> it is great practice. Exactly. I mean I'm playing around with Chinese at the moment, and I I and the sense of achievement that I got from saying uh Ch Chingwenar which which just means like it's probably wrong but it, it just means like excuse me where is the house it doesn't even make sense but a Chinese person no, but, a Chinese speaking person understood me and I was just like yeah man triumph yeah yeah no it's I can go to bed is, now
0: it's a massive achievement I mean I don't for, for example I don't speak any Chinese at all unfortunately I don't speak any Turkish um but in with you, we have Uh, quite a number of Chinese and Turkish restaurants and everything, and I make a point every single time. um, My phone is just full of screenshots of Google Translate, how to say things like thank you, can I have this, can I have that in Turkish and Chinese, because I'm a really big supporter of going to these businesses and at least making a valiant attempt of saying something in their language. And as you kind of st- stated there, the the reaction that you yourself felt when saying something in Chinese, regardless of how simple or how um how it came over, is really really immeasurable. And it's the same here. You know, I'm I'm going to say here I'm not going to go and learn Turkish by any means, but the satisfaction and, and the warm feeling that I get from just being able to go up to someone. And say something in their first language and ask for something To make that effort. It may be wrong. The pronunciation is more more than likely going to be terrible. I'm probably asking for the wrong thing. But the reaction that I get from that person, that warmth of feeling of, oh look, this person's making an effort with me. This is brilliant. Is just immeasurable. So mm-hmm. no, it's it's Yeah. And language can do that. It's it's a beautiful thing.
1: So that's the case for speaking. Now the case for I guess, learner labels and Mm -hmm. perhaps safety and safe spaces and and all that kind of thing is, let me ask you, are you a shy person?
0: Um, I think actually going back three or four years ago, I would have possibly said yes. I think what language learning has given me is that ability to just go out and make mistakes Mm -hmm. more than anything. So nowadays I wouldn't say I was a, a shy person at all. Yeah, and are you only because of the language learning?
1: And are you an introverted person?
0: Oh, I am somewhere between extrovert and introvert. I think my friends would describe me very much as an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm only really like that. I think with people that I know, or in or in environments that I think I can can control. Uh, Put a camera in front of me or a microphone in front of me because I'm in control of that situation. I'm. A total extrovert, no problem at all with that. But going and meeting completely random people, strangers, and things like that, I think I'm perhaps more introverted. I'm, a, I'm weirdly a bit of a mix of the two. If that makes any sense at all.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think it does. I, I, I put myself in the category of. I'm not shy, and I'm absolutely extroverted, but that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes just have enough and I just need a course. break, and oh my God, I just want to be alone but you know i just <laughs> I just get bored of that a lot quicker than than the introverts do <laughs> probably <laughs> two hours maybe a day so so these these questions I think really matter because the the people i I have come across who would class themselves more on the introverted side and particularly more on the shy side as well they will t- they will often say it is absolutely terrifying to me to to speak you know like even even in, in native languages it's like scary to speak to a stranger
0: course, and
1: yeah. and so so that's the other thing so if you are somebody who s- struggles to approach who feels a little bit nervous to approach another person and speak a, a speak your own language. You know like I just even like ask for directions or call somebody on the phone you feel uncomfortable with that then in another language that is that is like heightened that is just made worse because you've got this extra level of oh my god I'm not going to sound as smart as I normally am. So where that leaves you is with is is really very like you say very liable to underselling your skills and the the learner label possibly as long as you are in a a safe environment meaning a welcoming environment so pretty much all of wales uh, but also in a session with a tutor or among friends or just somewhere where you feel you feel comfortable saying i'm learning this you know like help me out i'm gonna make mistakes here if you if you feel like that then i would say it can be the one thing that helps you feel like you can, you can try at all. Now for, Lo- for Lara, for you, for your wife in, her, in, in the shop where she works, it, which is shopper in Aberystwyth, and I hear it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for Lara, if somebody comes up to her, obviously she can't do like a whole personality analysis, right? So the best thing probably available to her would be to say, to to just trust the person of how they how they self-identify. So my my mm-hmm. long long answer to this is, it may be you might be right that people are underselling their skills. I think it's it's a confidence issue. Is is y- your skills can be way ahead of your level of comfort and confidence, and comfort and confidence I guess are another skill to de- develop perhaps or just a yeah. a comfort level to develop. So it's just a it's just a way that you're not at some, I don't know, some kind of goal, the if there is such a goal. Yeah. And so I'm coming down on the side of, I am pro the learner label.
0: Hmm. I think there's a there's an element of responsibility with language speakers as well. Um, I remember when I was very, very early on in the Welsh learning stage, for example, um, but I, I I could still manage day-to-day conversations and everything. But I, I, I lost count of the amount of times where I'd say to someone, oh, well, I'm a learner. And, if, for example, if I had been speaking with someone for 10 minutes beforehand and they'd been speaking completely fluent, normal-paced Welsh with me, and then I'd just bring up the tag, oh, well, I'm a learner. And I think too often I'd, I'd, I'd get the results back where they'd sort of adapt their language based on not how I'd been speaking to them previously, but just because I'd used the term learner. So, you know, I won't use Welsh terms here, but it, it I would get a response back after that of sort of, oh, excellent. <laughs> how do you find learning? And I'm thinking in my head, well, I've just been speaking to you like a, almost like a native for the last 10 minutes. Where did that person go? So I guess, yeah, as you you kind of alluded to, there's that responsibility with speakers of the language. Yeah, because that's on them, isn't it? Correctly assess where to pitch things, if that makes sense.
1: Wow, hard work. Hard work being a native speaker.
0: Indeed it is. It's not just speaking.
1: (laughs) <laughs> this re- this brings me. I guess maybe I'll, we'll have to we'll have to draw it to a close. And and I'm aware that I've done a, a lot of talking. So if you listeners, first of all, if you want to hear more from Nicky, and you haven't gotten no, enough Nicky in this episode, I do strongly recommend. Usually he speaks a lot of Welsh, but I recommend his YouTube channel, which we're going to put in the show notes, and it's also in his profile. So if you go to Nicky Roberts, special guest, you will find everything about Nicky and where to where to find him on YouTube, etc. Um, also. Do give it a go to the podcast if you're a Welsh learner, Mind and Beindgeda, which has a mutation in that. I pronounced it very badly then.
0: <laughs> it's the tray glad medal yeah, The or, best of the mutations. Or
1: you've got the website dot <laughs> What is it?
0: dot com Welsh.com, yes. Use um,
1: With lots of too scripts. Many
0: projects. I kind of feel like a kind of a, um a waiter with loads of plates, just kind of just juggling them all and just hoping that the pie. Doesn't fall on the floor. Ah,
1: that's language no, for I, you.
0: There are a lot of, um, yeah, this is probably the most English I've spoke for about three or four years. So um, <laughs> apologies to anyone listening if I've made any obvious mistakes. It's not something I speak a lot nowadays. So um, yeah, just bear with me on that one. <laughs> <You're fabulous>. um, <laughs> but no, I, I do do a massive amount of things online. Uh, generally, if you search for Nikki C. The Ummer, Which would be N I C K Y S Y D D Y M A. You can generally find anything I'm doing under that kind of tag.
1: Fabulous, fabulous. So to leave us with one last thought, I think we, we've come down to this bit where it's like really the way a native speaker, speaker treats you is on them and I want to just highlight that for you as a learner I hope first of all you found this discussion interesting and sort of thought provoking there is please do give me some feedback and send us some send us your own opinions you can email Kirsten K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk you can find us with the hashtag the fluent show on Instagram or the fluent show on Twitter or you can hashtag there as well you can hashtag wherever you to your heart's content hashtag away and let me know what you make of the the learner label and whether you feel comfortable using a learner label saying i'm because i am it's communicating i'm doing a great project or whether you feel it makes you vulnerable there are two sides to this and finally final word from me is really just to remind you the way a native speaker treats you as a learner as a foreigner as a you know, as as somebody to be celebrated and welcomed or as somebody who, and to, in, to be encouraged or as somebody to be corrected and, you know, improved, that is on them. That is not on you. And it doesn't always give you a, a good assessment and a good re- reflection of your language skills. And I know from so many of you, I've heard so often that it destroys your confidence when a not just a native speaker sometimes a teacher but it can destroy your confidence when that person comes down a little bit heavy or they're trying to be a little bit too helpful or they just simply don't have time to practice with you so bear that in mind the way other people react to you is is ultimately on them we speak in a foreign language but you know remember also to be respectful and not expect everybody to be your teacher available not everywhere is amazing as Wales for that I guess <laughs> and that is really my my last last word and thank you all so, so much for listening. I really enjoyed this question. Thank you, Nikki, for bringing us this question.
0: <laughs> Not a problem at all. Anytime. I'll have to think of my next question now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll bring Nikki. if you're interested, I'll bring Nikki back for an interview and we'll we'll finally do the bilingual Welsh and English episode if you guys, listeners, are interested. We've had previously German bilingual episodes, French bilingual episodes. Welsh is a language where I can do it, but I don't know how big the Welsh listenership is. So let us know. The Fluent Show is, is open for your suggestions as always. And with those words, it is goodbye from me, goodbye, and goodbye or hoil from Nikki Roberts. <laughs>
0: goodbye to you all. Farewell. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to kirstin, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.